0: Hey friends, thanks for coming back for another episode of Unraveled, Untamed, and Reframed. I'm grateful that you gave me another shot to open up your mind. I understand that this may have been tough to listen to for some, and I am so grateful that you've come back for episode six. This episode is dedicated to one of my absolute favorite Sunday school teachers who recently listened to episodes three and five of this podcast. We spent the better part of my childhood and teen years together, and I can say that she is one of the very few people involved in the church who, in my view, loves like Jesus. We have maintained a friendship and mutual respect throughout the last 30-plus years, even while disagreeing on some major topics. We have seen many life changes together, and although sometimes we've offered support from a distance— We have always been there for each other in times of need. As always, I will protect her identity, but I do want to share with you a bit of our conversation and her takes on this podcast series. Her first point of contact was in text. It read, Just listen to your podcast, dot, dot, dot. I love you and always will. I'm still processing. I told her that I loved her too and acknowledged that it was a lot to take in. She then said, I have a lot of emotions from sadness, confusion, pride, and anger. I said, I understand. Then she said, But I love you dearly. I said, I love you too, and I'd love to talk when you're ready. The phone rang a few minutes later with her familiar voice on the other end. We spoke for a little over 30 minutes. At the beginning of our call, my stomach was in knots. I did not want to hurt or cause her any pain. Her texts were just vague enough that they could be misinterpreted one way or the other. I was grateful for the phone call so that I could have a clear understanding of her thoughts and feelings. She has had some serious trauma in her adult life, and her lens is as unique as anyone else's. I needed to understand her feedback and give it the proper respect and reflection. So the beginning of our conversation is kind of a blur due to my nerves. I was grateful that she listened to the other episodes of this podcast and took the time to reach out as so many of you have. I genuinely value each of our conversations, and afterwards, I do another deep dive into how I can help others digest, evolve, and come to their own understanding, acceptance, and peace. I've been on this journey for a while now, but some of you are just starting out, and it can be terrifying at the beginning. I get it. She joked with me and said that I sounded smarter than she thought I was. We laughed, and I appreciated the backhanded compliment. I could tell that she was holding back, and I assured her that I was open to her feedback, good or bad. She said she had some things to say, but that she wanted to say them face to face, and I respected her wishes. She then rushed through a brief word of criticism of disillusionment. I stopped her to get clarification. I asked, do you mean that I am disillusioned?" And she confirmed, "Yes." She said that maybe if different people were in place, that maybe I would have had a different experience. I agreed and said that can be true for any situation in life and that is exactly my point. I mentioned the conversation regarding the pastor's wife telling me that if I chose to be gay, that she would do everything in her power to separate me from my children. She hadn't heard that story, but didn't seem to be surprised by it either. She then alluded to her own interactions with the same person. Then the conversation progressed into mutual friends and staff members who were unceremoniously fired from the same church, without just cause and without any kind of severance. We talked about the injustices that continued to go on behind the curtain and both agreed on the unfairness. We talked about church finances and how very few people ask questions about how their donations are spent. She then talked about getting married very young and staying in that marriage for way too long because that's what she was taught to do. She missed out on so much of her life trying to do the right thing according to what the church was telling her. She said she lived in a lie for many years. I could hear countless emotions all at once coming from her voice. Although her first marriage ended years ago, the pain is still raw and palpable. I can truly empathize with her because I, too, went into a marriage because I thought it was the right next step. I didn't think I had any other options. Then... After we had two sons, I couldn't imagine breaking up my family because I was taught by the church that divorce was wrong. The message I got from my parents was that no one in our family gets divorce, and so I, too, stayed way too long. At the end of our conversation, she blurted out, thought-provoking, and asked if she had already said that. I said, no, but thank you. We exchanged I love yous and ended the call. It was time for me to reflect. The call was 99% positive, but of course I zeroed in on the single word of critique. Disillusionment. Let's start with the definition. A feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. I'd say she nailed it with a single word. When I questioned her, though, she believed that I was disillusioned, meaning that my podcast and my story were not accurate from her perspective. I started thinking about my childhood and my time at church, and you know what? It was incredibly positive. I had a number of caring and loving people around me as teachers and leaders, as a child, this was the only world I knew besides home, and it was great. I had tons of friends that I hold deep connection with to this day. I ate sugar cookies shaped like rings that I would put on my fingers and take slow, gradual bites of. I learned Bible verses, and when I was able to quote them upon command. No doubt this skill helped me cram later in school. I sang in the choir, went on youth group trips, and summer camps and participated in church-wide Christmas programs. I even enjoyed the sermons, especially when the pastor threw in a history lesson. I was a pretty good athlete, and the church had a full gymnasium where I played basketball, dodgeball, volleyball, and any other ball that I could compete with. The gym also contained a roller skating arena with skates in all sizes. This was the 80s, after all. We had Wednesday night dinners in the fellowship hall where I bounced from table to table, chatting and laughing with friends while eating butter rolls and overly salted green beans. After church was a time when the adults hung around the parking lot and talked. I ran around like a banshee, sweating and laughing and burning off whatever sugary treat was given to me earlier that day. It was a big church with a big budget, and it was a great way to grow up church in my early years was a safe and happy place. As I grew into a teenager, I began to see things a little differently. The first thing I remember questioning was if God loved us just the way we are, then why did we have to look our very best every Sunday morning? In those days, looking your best as a young girl meant dresses, slips, Pantyhose, dress shoes, hair and makeup, and matching accessories. Most Sunday mornings were pure chaos in our house, while three girls got ready at the same time in one bathroom. Around this time is when I started noticing and speaking out about the things that went on in our home that just didn't align with biblical teachings. I didn't have the right language then. It just came out in angry bursts and rebellious behavior— but I believe this is where my unraveling originated. Things just didn't add up. Back then, as a teenager, I was very black and white. There was little room for anything gray. I didn't yet have the life experience, but I certainly had the arrogance to call it when there were perceived injustices. At that stage, I had no care for anyone's feelings. I was a complete narcissist, wild, untamed unashamed i couldn't see any other perspective but my own i once got in a fist fight defending jesus and actually knocked a girl out cold not my proudest moment rolling into adulthood getting married and having kids i definitely softened kids will do that to you and i needed to be taken down a few notches My ex-husband is a gentle, kind man and a great dad. Although we were raised in the same church, he went off to college and was able to see another side of life. He read books like Zen and The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and other philosophical writings. He had a different outlook, and my curiosity was piqued. He was patient and loving with me, and even when I made the grueling decision to live separately, He allowed me that space in a gentle way. As I began to align my faith with my authenticity, I realized that I needed a complete rebuild of faith from the ground up. That reconstruction has taken over a decade, and I hope it will continue to evolve and grow until my last breath. In that conversation, With my Sunday school teacher and lifelong friend, I heard someone with a similar story to mine married young, had babies, and tried to be a good Christian wife and mother. She gave up on a college degree for herself so that she could put her husband through school to earn a PhD. I chose to be a full time mom because I was terrified of other options. She spent the better part of her adult life married to a man who didn't love her. I chose to stay in a marriage to a man after I came to the realization that I was gay. As we chatted, I learned that she has the knowledge of inequities, the information on the big church budgets and how they hide, and the details of the dedicated staff getting undeservedly fired. Both of us have that knowledge. And yet she suggested that I was disillusioned, meaning that she believed my story and outlook was skewed. My friend and former Sunday school teacher is absolutely on point. I am disillusioned. My question is, why isn't she She chose to stay in an empty marriage for over 30 years. She chose to put her wishes, wants, needs, and desires aside for a huge part of her life. Hearing her speak, I know how wounded she still is. How is she not disillusioned by the place that put those beliefs in place and maintain a system where her voice doesn't count? My disillusionment arose when I became old enough to see the doctrinal disputes and the inequities shrouded in secrecy and hidden power plays. My disillusionment was cemented when the world I had dedicated my life to suddenly disappeared as if I had never existed. We then talked about forgiveness and how it is an ongoing endeavor And there it is. If I stayed in the place of bitterness and anger, what good would that do? What does that accomplish? I believe it would slowly and systematically eat away at the joy in my life. Since I have been doing this podcast, I have had many people reach out who are just not ready to go public. I respect that. I would not want to be outed if I wasn't ready either. But if we all remain silent, nothing changes and everyone agrees to keep the secrets alive. I applaud those of you who have shared and commented thus far. I consider that to be a brave move. And for those who are listening in secret, I'm grateful that you are allowing yourself to be open, and I'm here if you want to chat. It's okay to question. It's okay to lose your footing. It's okay to be angry. You just don't want to stay there. Forgive the ones who hurt you. Forgive the corrupt systems that continue to exclude and marginalize. Forgive the fear-mongers who perpetuate narratives to keep the status quo. Find your tribe, share your story, and stick with the ones who will love you throughout your journey. Get comfortable knowing that some may only be there for a season. Thank you again for listening. I hope you go on with your day and think about these tough topics. I'd be humbled If you take a few seconds to subscribe, like, share, review, follow, or any of the other things that make these podcasts work, keep reaching out. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Now, let's take a big, peaceful breath in. Hold it. And a big, peaceful breath out. Repeat if necessary. Much love to you all. This podcast was recorded at the CoLab Studios in Clearwater, Florida. If you'd like to record your own podcast, shoot us a message in the comments. We'd love to help you out.